Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 233 in Edmonton. Fear of Phil. Big San Jose Sharks fan. He is on it. Texas show to say a reminder that it's Brendan Escott's birthday coming up on September the 20th. So on Sunday, Brendan, what are you, 26, is that correct? 26 years old, Bob. 92. Wow. 92. Wow. All right. Uh, well, we hope you have a wonderful birthday. You should have told me before. I would have sent something over for you. Uh, and Phil adds, Bob, has Jack Michaels gotten over his second favorite NHL team choking in the playoffs for the second year in a row? Ouch. Well, we're about to find out. Uh, it is that time. We've got ourselves a Stanley Cup final. The Tampa Bay Lightning, the Dallas Stars. Reed and myself had Dallas at the start of the season. Jack had... and. Uh, Brendan each had whatever each had Tampa Bay. So one thirty four in Edmonton. We welcome in Reed Wilkins. Hello, Reed. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. Thanks for having me on. Wow, that was sharp. Uh, do we have the one and only Jack Michaels out there as well? Yes, we do. Uh, so, it, by the way, it's uh, Phil's birthday on on Sunday as well. Just to give him a shout out there. Uh, what do you say, Jack, to Phil saying that your second favorite team choked for the second year in a row in the playoffs regarding the Pittsburgh Penguins? He's giving you a love tap there. Well, uh, I, you know, he's he's bang on right. I I did not pick Pittsburgh. I did uh, to go to, <laughs> to go to the final, but I did say on this same program, I think it's Tampa's year. But I'm not sure Pittsburgh doesn't have as good, if not a better, supporting cast than it did a couple years ago when they repeated as Stanley Cup champions. And obviously, that proved to be, uh, you know. Significantly erroneous. So, I, look, there's uh, there's no doubt it's a disappointing year uh, for Pittsburgh's playoff hopes. And we know one thing about Jim Rutherford: if, if there's a move to be made, he's going to make it. 
Well, we don't. Yeah, well, you've already seen that. All right, let's get the official update. Uh, Brendan Escott is back in the 630 Chet Studios. There's 22 series now completed in this year's playoffs. Brendan, what are the overall records for the four of us? Yeah, so you and Jack are leading the way as you have uh, throughout this. 13 and 9 records for both of you guys. Reed Wilkins has crept over top of me here into third place with an even 11 and 11 record, and I have fallen to 10 and 12 in the cellar. You made the gutsiest picks. That's why you're 10 and 12. Uh, I, I, I tend to go with the favorites. Uh, let's get it uh, started. Reed, we're going to get you to drop the puck first here. How do you see this Stanley Cup Final Championship Series shaken down? First of all, Bob, quick point here. I picked uh, Montreal over Philadelphia, which I think was the gutsiest pick of the tournament. And don't forget my brilliant reasoning, because why not? but it didn't quite come to fruition. Anyway, uh, I'm sticking with Dallas because, uh, well, again, sort of why not, but I picked them before the season. I picked them before the playoffs, so I'm not going to change now. Certainly Tampa Bay is an awesome team. Victor Hedman is playing as well as I've ever seen a defenseman play in the postseason, I think. I mean, he is is absolutely incredible. Um, I, I think he's probably going to win the con Smythe regardless of how the final goes though I guess a couple of Dallas players can have a bit of say in that but look I, I just look at Dallas and they're one of those teams that, that's obviously a very good team and as as you go through the playoffs just a lot of little things have gone their way and, and you referenced it when we spoke on Monday Bob a great series with Colorado if Colorado's fully healthy, does Dallas win? Well, probably not, but Colorado wasn't fully healthy. And then even being able to get by Vegas in five games and uh, the Islanders extend Tampa Bay by another game and Dallas gets another couple days off to rest. Hidobin is playing great. They're scoring way more than they did in the regular season. And they're getting, you know, the Yoel Kivarantas of the world with these unlikely playoff performances. And, and I think, you know, obviously, there are some big-name guys on Tampa Bay that appear like they, they might be a little banged up. So, you know, look, uh, if, if I hadn't picked Dallas before the season, I'm not sure I'd be making this pick today. But there's a lot to like about them, and, and they have a little bit of that team of destiny feel about them. So uh, I will stick with Dallas, and, and I think it'll be a long series. I'll take it, I'll take it all the way to go to seven games all right jack uh, you and me broadcast three games between dallas and edmonton this year that made no sense i looked at you after the first game back in november when the Oilers blew a 4-2 lead they chased ben bishop and i looked at you at the end of the game we went to we went to commercial break and i said how in the hell did the Oilers lose that game then edmonton won two games in dallas where miko koskinen made a total of 78 saves the second of which was on the back-to-back after the big four-goal performance from Drysaddle in Nashville. That was the chase-on over winner, overtime winner, and we just looked at each other and started laughing after chase-on scored an OT. It, it was like Dallas was pretty good all year. Edmonton wasn't that much. I mean, they're basically around the same, but they always had more to give. I'd like to get your thoughts, first of all, on the Stars, and can Dallas beat Tampa in this series? I think Dallas can beat Tampa. I don't think they will. I, I think, you know, again, Tampa was my preseason pick. Tampa was my pre-playoff pick. And Tampa's going to be my pick today. But I will give Dallas a lot of credit. They have shaken off some playoff disappointments of their own. I, I think they've lost not one but two seven-game series to St. Louis in the last few years. 
you know, they've been knocking on the door a little bit as well. And I think I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and give some credit to some prior Dallas coaches. Ken Hitchcock. I think re-energized and and got Tyler Sagan and and Jamie Benn to yet another level in terms of playing uh, championship-level hockey. You know, maybe not in Tyler Sagan's case, it was his best offensive season. But I think he he did some really good things there. And who knows what would have happened in Dallas or Edmonton had Ben Bishop not gotten hurt down the stretch the year that Ken Hitchcock coached Dallas. And then I also want to give Jim Montgomery some credit because as much as Rick Bonus and I'm, I'm happy for him, it's a great feel-good story, but it was Jim Montgomery and not Bonus that helped dig Dallas out of this 1-7-1 hole. I mean, this was a team that started 1-7-1 and, and looked like maybe, you know what, they came close, but now you got to you know, you got to totally tear it down because this team has forgotten how to score. And you know what? Through about 55 games, the team was winning one game after another by a score of 2-1. to one. Granted, the Edmonton game exception noted, that game, Bob, was, I believe, the only game they scored four goals, as many as four goals in, in a stretch of 40 games. And now they're scoring in bunches. They found a way to get to the final. I just think this is Victor Hedman's moment. This is Victor Hedman and Braden Pointer are having, you know, fantastic postseasons. It's obvious how important Point is, but as good as he's been, I feel like this is the series where everyone finds out why Victor Hedman has been touted as, as a surefire uh, Norris Trophy winner for years and years. He's having a fabulous postseason, and I think he and Vasilevsky take this series in five games. Reed, Jack, stay with us because we're going to hit on the Oilers here in a second. Brendan, uh, your thoughts on the matchup between Dallas and Tampa? Well, this is an interesting one. Uh, I, You mentioned called Tampa from the beginning and, and for the reason that I think that eventually this group has to get it done, you know, and there's a lot of pieces here that didn't get it done the last time they were in the cup finals. So I like their makeup, but let's talk about the, the special teams for a minute here. The fact that Tampa's only functioning with their power play at 18%, I mean, that seems pretty dormant, and I think that if that's a beast that Dallas, uh, you know, manages to wake up by not playing disciplined hockey, that could really swing this series in favor of of the Eastern Conference teams. So uh, the other thing for me then is is Braden Point really at full health? Yes, he played 25 minutes last night, and to Jack's point of his importance, they've won 11 of the last 12 games that Braden Point's played in Tampa's lineup. So you know he's got to be going, and I think that he's got to be going at full steam if they don't have Steven Stamkos in the lineup. Uh, They've proven that they can get it done, but in the last couple of games, it's not like they've blown uh, the Islanders out of the water. Islanders were playing desperate, but Tampa's offense was a little bit, uh, you know, non-existent. So uh, it's going to be an interesting one. I'm excited to see if this is the year that Tampa can finally get it done. I uh, took Dallas at the start of the year out of the West. I did not take them when we came back, uh, especially after, you know, I mean, there was just... They were just too inconsistent offensively. I didn't see them coming back against Calgary when they were down 2-1. They were 12 seconds away from being down 3-1. They got lucky in the series against Colorado. They deserved it against Vegas. They were better. All that said, to me, I mean, Dallas got a great top three, guys. Uh, I, li- I know Hudobin's played terrific. I like Tampa's goalie better. 
Tampa Bay's got a great top 4D, and Tampa Bay's got more options up front that can score. And Dallas, to me, has got some dead weight up front. They got some guys 32, 33. I don't think they're that good of players. So here's Dallas in the final. I'm going to take Tampa in five. I, I'm, I'm going to take the Lightning in five. Uh, the Islanders play dive and grenade hockey for against each other. To me, I'm not sure that Dallas can replicate that, but I could be completely wrong. All right, let's switch focus to the Edmonton Oilers. Jack, I'm going to put you on the spot. Should the Edmonton Oilers make a move for Oliver Ekman Larson? I wouldn't. I think Oliver Ekman Larson, Larson's best days are behind him. I think he's lost a great deal of confidence. Uh, I don't think he's been the best player. Unfortunately for him, his, his mother passed away a few years ago, and I don't think he's really... Uh, you know, found his form. I, I just don't think he's the same player. And quite frankly, I I think it's a, a guy like Connor McDavid that has triggered some of his loss of confidence. He's been yes. he's been worked over by McDavid in some games. He just doesn't look. He used to look a little bit like Ryan Sutter with much more offense to give. In other words, Eggman Larson was one of those guys who looked like he could play all day. 30 minutes in a rocking chair, 35 minutes if he had to. And he no longer looks like that guy to me anymore. He looks a little less sure of himself. I still think he's an above-average defenseman, but I'm not sure he's elite. I, I don't think he's in the same class as Victor Hedman by any stretch of the imagination anymore. I may, you know, I may be proven wrong. He's not an old player. Uh, there's time for him to rediscover his form, but no, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go after Ekman Larson with a bunch of assets. All right. Well, you know, and it should be noted, Hedman's unequivocally a top three defenseman. The question is, is Ekman Larson one of those 15 guys in the league that's a legitimate number one defenseman? Reed, do you think that Ekman Larson could jumpstart his career a bit with a reunion with a guy like Dave Tippett and Jim Playfair? Well, I think he could, and I think he's still a very good player. I know there's been a little bit of a decline. And, look, the Oilers need defensemen who can go back and get the puck and and get it moving north as quickly as possible. And and we've talked about a lot about the players who did that successfully for the Oilers over the past season and those who couldn't do it consistently. So we we know that's another element they need. The the concern about ekman Larson to me guys is can you afford to have that cap hit until the summer of 2027 i mean that's the real big thing if 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 you could bring in ekman larson for a couple of years even if you could make him fit under the cap i i think that would make the Oilers a better team again depending on what you gave up i would just be concerned about having that that money against the cap for for so long and then maybe in four years you have a player who's not that effective and you still have him under contract for four years i I still think he's a very good player sure maybe he you can argue his peak maybe was in 15 16 and that was a long time ago in in hockey years it it would just be that that cap hit that would make me nervous about adding him and of course as it's been talked about a lot we may not see the cap go up for three four or possibly even five years if you look at the worst case scenario so i i I do think he could come in here and and be a really valuable player i I, like absolutely he's got the tippet connection of the oilers high-end players would love the way he could get the puck up to them and, and how he could chip in 
it would just be okay if you get a couple good years from him are you going to get that same player in years three four five six seven and eight uh or what does he have left seven years left of the contract that would be my concern uh, Brendan Escott, if the Oilers could get Arizona to eat or retain part of the salary, let's just say $2 million a year, does it make it way more doable? I'm more interested, but I'm still really concerned. Like, put it this way, Bob. If he was 27 and we were going to see this seven years bring him to 34 years old, I would probably do it with $2 million off the cap uh, or off of his cap head. But because of the fact that he will be 30, at least by the time this all gets up and going again, right, and that right. takes him now into his late 30s, I'm still not interested at that price point. All right, so I don't know if you guys are in a conspiracy theories, uh, but we'll start with you, Reed. What do you read into the fact that the NHL is going to have Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, uh, Glenn Anderson, or, or sorry, uh, Paul Coffey and Grant Fuhr involved in the major award presentation on Monday? What does that mean for Leon Dreisaitl, Reed? I, I think that, well, first of all, there are no Oilers nominated for the other awards. Okay. I th- I think this is as much a nod to the Oilers in Edmonton and the city and the province uh, doing such a great job with the hub as much as it is uh, with Leon being up for one of the awards. I mean, maybe we can read a little bit into it, um, but I, I think that given the fact that it's all ex-Oilers presenting the awards that that maybe it's it's not the be all and, and and end all. I I, I think it's primarily just an, a nod to how Edmonton has uh, uh, literally been the center of the hockey universe for, for rounds three and four, and was sharing it uh, with with the other city for the first part of the playoffs. Jack Michaels, uh, the media, uh, the members of the Professional Hockey's Writers Association vote for the Hart Trophy. The players uh, they vote for the Lindsay. Does Leon Dreisaitl, and those votes took place prior or during the actual pause before the playoffs started. Does Leon Dreisaitl win both, do you think, this year? I think he will win both. I think the Lindsay will be closer. I think some players are feeling, you know, the power of Nathan McKinnon. I think Nathan McKinnon is right there. Uh, but it's hard to ignore Dreisaitl's year, and especially – you know, the educated players will know that he's now proven, without a doubt, he can be at the top of the heap of the NHL with or without McDavid on his line. That's been the separation. I do think it's – to me, it's obvious. I mean, I don't I don't really think there's a serious challenger for Dreisaitl as, as MVP. I mean, McKinnon's Colorado Avalanche were, were right in the same, you know, wheelhouse as was, you know, Panarin's New York Rangers. I mean, I, I don't think it's that close. I, I think Drysaddle's the MVP as 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 Gretzky and Messier, former MVPs, Fuhr second in '88. I think Coffee was third, although he should have been second or maybe first in '84, '85. One of those years. I went on a rampage about that on Twitter a few years ago, a, a few months ago. I mean, you're talking about four elite players presenting the latest, most valuable player of the National Hockey League. That's why they're presenting, and Leon Dreisaitl is a deserved MVP winner. Jack, how pumped were you last night watching the Browns? Well, they beat the Bengals, and, you know, I'm (laughs) not going to turn cartwheels. Uh, They gave up 30 to a rookie quarterback, but they're 1-1. 
I'm not planning the parade yet, but this is a very small step for Browns mankind. Uh, Mr. Escott, you got the Texans, right? That's your team? Uh, sadly, on most days, but yes, you betcha. You know I'm a Ravens fan now, right? You know that? How can... <laughs> Wait a minute. We've got a member of this panel that's a Houston Texans fan. I mean, some teams just should not be on anyone's radar, let alone someone who calls himself an Edmontonian. What? He's great. Come on. He's from Kamloops. He's not an And it's his birthday this weekend. He's going to be drunk, Jack, on uh, tonight and tomorrow night. I'm trying to distance himself from BC. He's lived here long enough. I think he needs to identify with Edmonton a little bit more. You know, there, take, a page, take a page out of Reed's book. Even Reed doesn't talk about Persephone or wherever he's from that often. Where, where, where are you from? What, what are you talking it? about? Evansburg I, in Twistle. I'm from Evansburg, and I actually do Evansburg. talk about it quite a bit. It's only an hour away. Persephone just rolled off the tongue. I don't even know where that is. That might be just a made-up town. I just love driving over that bridge at the Pemina River there, down in that area, Reed. That's like that's like my favorite bridge in the province of Alberta. The one that I, I the the one lane bridge. I think now they've widened it, but yeah, it was uh, it it's, was it's, a one lane bridge. So it's yeah, like two hundred and fifty or three hundred feet straight down, man. It's like there's one like that in Hazelton, BC. But but Reed, uh, Brendan, you need to take a page out of Reed's book. Now he's got the Wilkins compound there. And, you know, you, you see the parade from the compound at Commonwealth Stadium in, in years that the Eskimos are playing. you got to take a page out of that. Buy a tract of land, get some family members on there, and start developing roots. There you go. You're getting the advice of a lifetime. There, Everything right? I need to know from the, the Pennsylvanian. <laughs> hey. Hey, my driver's license says Alberta. I haven't lived in Pennsylvania for 25 years. And uh, given the current state of the government, I think you're staying. Is that fair? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Jack Michaels, Reed Wilkins, have a wonderful weekend, fellas. See ya. Take care, fellas. You bet. Royal Pizza, Pizza Past, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offers curbside pickup and takeout options. For a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. So, Reed Wilkins has taken Dallas. He took him right from the start of the season. He took him again when we came back from the pause. I took Dallas at the start of the season. I picked Vegas coming out of the pause. I'm going to be taking Tampa Bay in the series. Uh... Jack and uh, Brendan both had Tampa at the start of the season, and they're both sticking with Tampa in the Stanley Cup final. Two, two, here we have it. This day in Oilers history. It was big news. Well, not really, but I remember when the Oilers signed the scout at Yale. <laughs> Go for it. All right. Back in 1988, former Oilers forward Andrew Miller is born in Bloomfield Hills, Michigan. He played 15 games between 2014 and 2016, scoring a goal and five assists. And those 15 games were, in fact, his only in the NHL. He had three assists in one game. He played on Taylor Hall's line. And uh, I'm trying to, I forget who they played, but they lit him up. And he, he got a couple. I think he's, I think his only goal was on a penalty shot. 
serious. His only NHL goal is on a penalty shot. Reed Wilkins has Inside Sports. Tonight from 6 to 8, we will tell you that we'll be on Monday. Uh, guests will include the CEO of Hockey Canada, Tom Rennie. Uh, we had Bob Nicholson on today. Tom will give us uh, a little bit more of an inside look as to how Hockey Canada plans on handling the upcoming next, not one, but two World Junior Championships in Edmonton. Second year, also in Red Deer as well. Tomorrow, game one of the Stanley Cup final, Tampa and Dallas, 5.30 p.m. Puck drop on 6.30, Chad. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by 6.30, Chad Afternoon News with Jalen I. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30, Chad.